everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pretty Bubbles podcast. Uh, in Daryl's absence, you've got me leading the way today. Uh, Daryl, having just started working nights, and it's little Declan's first birthday today. So, happy birthday, Declan. Um, unfortunately, your present isn't a better father. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm joined by Jamie. Jamie, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm decent. Yeah, uh, I'm good. Um, yeah, not bad. West Ham actually won last week, so that's good news. Makes a nice change, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's been a little while since we've uh, since we've caught up on a pod. Um, we haven't actually done one since before the Arsenal game. So uh, in that time, we've lost to Arsenal, we've lost to Brentford, um, but 2023 started on a slightly brighter note with um, picking up at least a point in the league in a slightly less shit performance mm. at Ellen Road. And making our way through to the fourth round of the FA Cup, getting our sort of revenge on Brentford, but it was their reserve team. Mm. Um, I guess we could just sort of talk about everything as a whole for these last sort of couple of weeks since we've returned from the World Cup break. Um, oh, I think a lot of people think Moyes is lucky to still be in a job, um, just based on obviously the results, the performances, and he's probably lucky that there's no better candidates available at the moment. Mm. Um, what have you made of these last sort of couple of weeks? Not, it's not been fantastic. Like it's we, like Arsenal. The first forty-five minutes were pretty positive. Second forty-five were terrible. Uh, Brentford at home in the league, we didn't deserve to be two 0 down at half time. We no. weren't that bad. And then second half, obviously, we just couldn't break them down. Like we weren't horrific that game. It's just a thing of at the moment, nothing seems to be falling our way. Leeds 2-1 up, like they were better than us most of the first half. Then in the space of two minutes either side of half time, we turned it around to make it 2-1. Uh, good that Skamaka finally scored again and Paquette has got his first goal. And then, look, we won against Brentford. I know they rotated heavily, but ultimately just winning. And to be honest, I did agree with what Moyes said. The performance against Brentford away was worse than probably Brentford at home, just because... We looked really poor against Brentford. Sometimes you just need to get a really horrible victory just to kind of get some momentum going. Yeah, it's one of those. I feel like with that win, it it's a blessing and a curse because more games uh, maybe isn't what we need. Uh, but at the same time, you need to get that winning mentality back and winning can become a habit. So hmm. picking up that win with a couple of very, very big games coming up in these next two weeks now, um, hopefully we can carry that momentum forward. Like you say, the performance wasn't great, um, but you you take the win when, when you can get it. Yeah. Um, the, the Leeds game, I want to sort of just, as that's the most recent league game, I want to talk a little bit more about that one. Like you say, Skamaka with a very nice finish, um, having been gifted the ball outside the box and Paquetta yeah. getting his first goal for the club. There's definitely some positives to take from that. Um, I think we both goals were a bit too easy um, for Leeds. They just sort of one pass and you're through the defence. Um, they were both well taken, but I feel like, and I don't know how you feel about this, I feel like previously we've been building off good defensive work uh, in previous seasons. Uh, good defensive work, people throwing their bodies on the line. I just feel like we're a little bit more susceptible at the moment. Uh, we're getting cut open too easily. Uh, and that, if we don't improve that, and obviously we'll talk about transfer windows shortly, um, we're going to struggle to really pick up any points because you're always going to be having to outscore your opponents. 
I was just having a little look at the league table. Like defensively, we've only conceded 24 league goals in 18 games. It's not great. It's 1.5 a game. But I was looking at it. I think we're 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. With the 8th, uh, the 7th, 8th best team in the league in terms of defensive, defensively. So, I, but I guess the point is, I don't know how many clean sheets we've kept. Like, I know we're conceding 1.5 a game, which is like 7th, 8th in the league, best defence. But how many clean sheets have West Ham kept? Um, uh, well, well, let's have a look back. Um, if we go back before the World Cup, um, we beat Bournemouth 2 0. Yeah, uh, do, do, do. we beat Wolves 2 0, so that's two, and that and Villa 1 0. It's three clean sheets all season, I, which would make me think we're not that high. So I'm just trying to figure I'm out. Not, I'm not taking obviously. Conference League or anything like that into account as well there because different kettle of fish we're massive in that tournament um, but yeah uh, like when you when you put it that way like we've conceded fewer goals than Spurs um, than Brighton mm. than Brentford um, like every to find a team that have conceded fewer than us further up the table than us you go to Chelsea um, but obviously their problem is lack of goals uh, they concede one they often struggle to get one back yeah. Um, like even Liverpool can, I know their defense has been awful this year, but they've conceded 22. So, um, yeah, when you put it that way, I guess it's not too bad. Uh, it's just, it just feels to me as though, like you say, only two clean sheets all season. That's a problem because if you don't keep clean sheets, you're going to struggle to win games when you're not having a great offensive output, um, which we have been struggling with. And yes, Skamaka has got another goal, but. Again, we'll talk transfer window soon. Antonio is your backup at the moment. He offers nothing. And I think his, it really sort of sums him up that when he came on uh, at home to Brentford and had an absolute air shot from about 25 yards. Yeah, like, I think that's the thing. Like At the moment, conceding one a game is enough to kind of beat us because ultimately we're struggling to score one or two a game. So that's the problem. Like, yeah, we've kept... Three clean sheets all season is just not good enough, really. Like three clean sheets in eight in games of football. When so that means twenty four goals conceded in fifteen. Like, yeah, it's not really good enough. And then fifteen goals forward. Yeah, it's just I don't know at the moment. Like, is it as simple as just start taking our chances and our fortunes will turn around? Um, I don't know. Like, it I hope so. just, I was, I'm trying to figure out, like, Zuma, when's Zuma due back? Good question. I haven't actually heard anything, but I, I don't know if that means he's on his way back or not. I honestly haven't got a clue. Yeah, just the thing is, the underlying numbers aren't that bad. Like, when you look at the teams around us, like Southampton, Wolves, Everton, Bournemouth, they're all massively, massively worse than us. I look at it and I go, I think Southampton are going down. I think Everton are in real trouble. And I think Bournemouth are as well. So I, I still don't think we're going to get relegated. But when you consider the investment we put into this squad at the start of the season, I'm sorry, but 17th shouldn't really be what we're looking at. I was happy to take 10th, which I still is thinks achievable. But it just feels like we need to change a lot to get up to that point. 
Yeah, I think then the way the bottom half of the table is at the moment, it's very compact. So you've got Southampton at bottom on 12. Um, and then Villa in 11th are on 22. So we're sat there on 15, a couple of wins, and you're looking at pushing onto that top half of the table, which is why these next two games are massive, because they're both against teams that are below us in the table. Um, and you can really start to put a little bit of distance between yourselves. Um, but we'll talk about um, that in a little bit. Um, overall, so these few games, have it's going to be a hard question to answer. Has there been anyone that's particularly impressed you? I'd say probably... When he's been playing, Ben Rama's probably been the outstanding player. He's been our most consistent attacking player all season. And I don't really think it's close. Like, he's come up with goals. I think, what is it, since we came back from the World Cup, has he got three goals? So, one against Brentford. Uh, yeah, I think he's got... Yeah, so since we came back, um, he scored the penalty against Arsenal. Obviously, we didn't score against Brentford. Yeah, we scored four goals since we got back from... And he scored two of them. So, and he's also looked like our most attacking player. Like, people aren't happy when he gets dropped at the moment, which clearly shows to you that he's performing well. Just feels like there's a couple of passengers in this team at the moment. Like, Bowen's really struggling. Like really, yeah, something. and he seems the one that Moyes seems to think is undroppable at the moment. Um, obviously, we don't see what goes on in training every day and behind closed doors, but it just feels uh, though maybe the a dropping is the kick up the arse he needs at the moment. But then I guess mm. at the same time, who do you bring in that you really feel is going to improve things? Um, because he he can make things happen on his day. We've seen that in the last year. Uh, his back half of last season was incredible. But I just don't know what's changed over the summer. He's really fallen off. Um, and he's just a real lack of threat there from him at the moment. When he's most dangerous, he's driving runs, he's getting at defenders, he's cutting inside. But it just seems maybe he's just been figured out a little bit. I don't know. I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, I know I said at the start of the season, I did not see him being as good as he was last season. But ultimately, he got over 10 goals and assists last season, which is something that the best players in the league do. And yeah, I think he's good, but I don't think he's that. So I did think there would be a bit of regression. Not this far. Like, regression to... I don't know how many goal involvements he's got this year. He's probably got less than five. I think he's only I would imagine two. so, yeah. I think he's only scored two league goals. Is that correct? Got one against Wolves. Yeah. Uh, two league goals, no assists in 1,600 minutes of football. That is diabolical. Like, that is pretty shambolic and by anyone's standards. So I guess the point we've made is if that was Saeed Ben Rama's numbers, he'd be dropped. If that was Fornero's, he'd be dropped. I don't think we've got a... Saeed Ben Rama's got our most gold involvement at four. That is not good enough, ultimately. That is, that is shocking, isn't it? After 18 goals, well, basically half a season now. Um, and if yeah. that's the thing, if we don't improve that... It's really going to be a long old slog from here on out. And it looks like Moise is going to be, well, it's almost certain Moise is going to be given the transfer window. So he's got to make things happen there. Um, like I say, we won't talk too much about all those games because they've been and gone. Um, FA Cups now uh, been and gone. We'll talk a little bit. We've got Derby away in the fourth round. Um, that, another one, like these next three games now, Wolves, Everton, Derby. You've got to be thinking you've got to be winning. Well, you've got to get through the FA Cup and you've got to get a win and draw in the league, surely. 
Uh, I personally think you want to go free for free. Like, I'm talking yeah. bare minimum. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, it's, I don't, I think the Everton game is the bigger one of the two because I do think so Wolves at, at home. Yeah. As well. Yeah, like Wolves have improved. Like, they're still not playing amazing football because they won't under Lopetegui. But they, are going to be hard to break down. And right now, that's what we're struggling to do. So that could easily be a nil-nil draw. And to be honest, I think right now, it wouldn't be a horrendous result. But you go into an Everton game going, probably whoever loses that probably gets sacked. Because I did say, after we lost to Brentford, if both Moyes and Lampard at that game at the London Stadium in January, I'll be shocked. And somehow it looks like they're both going to be. But you almost look at it going... Whoever loses it, it's probably got to get sacked. Like, especially, I guess, on our side, because it's at home. And I think yeah. our fans will very much make it clear. If we lose to Everton, who have looked really, really bad, he should go. Yeah, like, I must say, I know we've spoken about Moyes' job security, but I have no idea how Lampard is still in a job at the moment. Like, that four-goal um, ship at home to Brighton, when... When I was watching the highlights of it, it was it was a defensive shambles all over in that game. And then it went to 3-0 and you just hear the booing. And then I'm, I was watching the highlights knowing oh, that there was another goal about a minute later. And I was like, oh, this is going to be something special. And then the goal was that bad and you just hear the eruption. It was like, I just don't know how... Like, it, I guess they just don't want to admit like that they've made a mistake and bring in like a Sean Dyche which it just feels like Everton are real. And especially when they've got a new stadium, I think they kind of got to do it. They can't afford to really be in the championship, building a new massive stadium. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, move to a stadium, risk of relegation. To be honest, though, at least when I look at Everton, it does make us think that we run well. Well, I guess that's the other thing as well. We have lost one of our owners in this time since our last podcast. Yeah, Which... a bit of a surprise. I no, no, not too much information has come out of it. It was a short illness. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously a very sad day. And people have obviously had lots to say about the ownership um, in the years since they took over, especially since the move to the stadium. But I think it's quite safe to say that um, David Gold is always, was always the one that you knew had the best interest of the club at heart. He was um, ridiculed often on social media for... Pictures of wrong in, uh... players and yeah, yeah, and some of his social media activity. But he was, uh, by all accounts, a very nice man, and he was a West Ham fan through and through. And there's no denying that. So it's a very, very sad loss for the club. Mm. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I think I put out a tweet, and I just went, "You can say all you want about him, but ultimately, he did save the club from turning the lights off and the club going under." Lots of stuff later down the line you can hold grudges against and think he done wrong, but he did save West Ham United FC, and that's yeah. why. And, you know, people will obviously say what they want to say about the move to the London Stadium, um, but I think most people, looking back, are of the opinion that we had to move um, a long-term club. And look at all the clubs that like Everton are moving out of an old ground now for a bigger ground, like we just said. 
you had to move on at some point. We're never going to be able to grow and increase in a stadium like Upton Park. As sad as it was and as much as we love that place, we needed to do something. Um, Long term, hopefully we can get the stadium and things like that and we can build from there. But that was the first step in ultimately increasing the club's things like revenue. And you look at the accounts that were published over, over the Christmas period, the match day revenue is the highest it's ever been. Um, obviously, that's helped by going in Europe and going in cup competitions and things like that. Um, but having more fans in that stadium each and every week um, mm. brings more money into the club. So it's, yes, it's been a painful transition, but I think most people will look back and say, yes, it had to be done. It's a shame, but mm. what else can you really do? Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, just well, rest in peace. But yeah, uh, I guess back to the football. Like, I was just looking at the FA Cup. There's a maximum of 10 teams, that 10 Premier League sides that can make it to the uh, FA Cup fifth round. So that's if all the um, Premier League sides win their games. And obviously, you're going to have a couple of all Premier League sides. All ties, yeah. When you also consider that one of the two best teams in the league is going to go out in City and Arsenal... And I guess last night shows you with the Carabao Cup, City went out. That is the best opportunity for Newcastle, Southampton, Forest to go to Wembley. Like I didn't see the draw, like who got who in the uh, quarterfinals or semi-finals. But um, uh, the it's well, you, I think it's Manu and Newcastle are separated, so that's the the final you'd expect. Mm. Yeah, you, Newcastle, Southampton, Forest United. So, yeah, you're looking at a Newcastle United final, which, yeah, Newcastle have never been to New Wembley, so they'll definitely want to get there. But that is mental, isn't it? I saw like a post and they listed, I think there's nine teams that haven't been to New Wembley. Colchester are part of that list. Newcastle, there was a few others. I'll try and find it. But, um, yeah, when you think you all have only C or Arsenal left, Manu will be left. Um, there's a chance Liverpool should be out. Well, they should be out definitely if VAR wasn't so useless. But <laughs> yeah, it's actually a chance for us to go do well in a cup. And let's be honest, we've got a decent draw in Derby. I know they're doing well in League One, but we should still win. Yeah, definitely. There's no denying that, is there? Um, let's, seeing as it is January, it's that time of year. Let's talk a little bit about transfers, um, comings potentially and goings. Um, and I'll start with something that came out, um, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before from X. And it's actually um, pertinent to this weekend's opponents, uh, Wolves, who are interested in both Craig Dawson and Mikel Antonio. Uh, obviously, there was well reported in the summer that Dawson wanted to move further up north to be closer to his family, which is completely fair. Uh, and with the signings that we've made since as well, and Aguirre being back from injury, we have signed another centre-half, um, Luis Al from Brazil as well. So that one you could potentially see happen in. Uh, and apparently Lopetegui is a big fan of Antonio. He obviously hasn't watched him much this season. Um, <laughs> what would you think about those potential moves? I let them go. Um, is ultimately what I think. Dawson's been a fantastic servant for the club. They've both been great servants for the club. Um, Dawson came in as a nobody who expected to be useless and provided the club with two of the best years of his career and arguably the best moment in 
our lifetime as West Ham fans. Antonio is our record top goal scorer. He's been fantastic for us. I think I was talking to my dad. He's only scored like seven goals his last 45 games for us. So, and I look at it and I go, they're both 30-something players. If you get offered money for them, Antonio's 33 in the summer. Like, you've got to let them go. Like, I know there's no maybe ready-made replacement, but we need to kind of move at squad on. And if it gets our average age down, I think it makes sense. Some people say you're improving rivals. Maybe. Okay. But let's be honest. We don't think Antonio really improves us at the moment. So why do we think he'll improve Wolves? Dawson, okay, I think would improve Wolves. I just, I think it's a transfer you make because I just think we need to kind of get this squad younger. And if we can bring in a young player on loan, I think it'll be a better move for us. Yeah, I agree. Like you say, we are an aging squad. Um, we've brought in a few younger players, but the core of that starting eleven hasn't really changed too much and it is aging. Um, another one that's uh, come out today as well, um, Manuel Lanzini's uh, getting towards the end of his contract. His contract expires in the summer. Uh, he's 30 years old now. And, well, he, he will be 30 in, a, in the next month or two. So by the time his contract's up, he'll be 30. And... Apparently, he isn't too happy with his role uh, at the club at the moment. Once more, starting football, which you can completely understand for someone who's potentially got one last big contract in them. Um, I think it would be a, a major shame if we were to let him go. I think he is a great addition to the squad. And he's been here like seven years now. Um, and other than that injury, which sort of changed the course of his career, potentially, because he was due to be going to the 2018 mm-hmm. World Cup uh, before that injury. Uh, and he was sort of took a long time to get over it, it seems like. Only until the last sort of 18 months, potentially, you'd say he's really started to come out of the other side of that. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know about you, but I think he's someone we should definitely be trying to tie down for the next couple of years. I would as well. Um, I don't think we will, just because I don't really think he is in Moise's long-term plans. Like, I've looked at it, he's played five games for us this season, one start, four off the bench, 124 minutes in league football. Like, yeah, he's been playing in, he's perfect for the Conference League and our cup competitions for getting minutes. But I guess if you can get money for it, I guess my thing is, if you're going to let him go in uh, June, I'd let him go now because he's not really improving the squad. We know that by this time of the competition of the Conference League, you'll probably be going first team. I know I feel like I'm ripping the squad apart, but there is players out there we can probably sign. Aren't it? Dan Juma is one. All right, El Nesri is disappointing. He wants to say it's a Seville. But there is... We can bring players in, I feel like, that can do a job for the six months that we need. And I think that's what it comes down to, really, isn't it? Uh, when January signings often aren't, and for the most part, aren't your big signings. We've seen some come and go over the years into the league, but in general, they tend to be something to get you through to the end of the season, potentially a loan deal or something like that. Um, we've seen that with us in the last few years as well. Um, and that's what I think we really need to be doing here. And then you can go again in the summer. Um, like I say, Dan Juma is one that's, uh, has got potentially some legs. Uh, there was rumours in the summer about him potentially coming in and Moyes wasn't necessarily um, overly keen, potentially based on his attitude. But we'll yeah. see if there's been any change there. Um, obviously, we signed Cornet instead. 
with his injury. We don't really know what's going on there. There's been some vague Instagram posts and things, but um, potentially could be sort of a long-term absence from him. So we definitely do need someone else, especially if we're going to be letting people go. Probably we're going to need to make two or three potential signings in this window. Yeah, like we're not expecting us to go and spend like 20 million on people, but there's options out there. Like there's people that can do a job, fill in and just provide us with minutes and rotation when required. Like, yeah, I guess that's what I'm looking at it. Like if I had to let any of them go, I'd probably say Lanzini the most just because he's having the least impact and ultimately we need a second striker. But after that, I'd probably still let Antonio go next. I actually don't think we should let Dawson go because I don't think our defensive centre-back situation is that good. Like, Aguero's fine, but Philo Kera's dog shit. He is so bad at football. Like That has need... been a ropey signing, hasn't it? Yeah, like, I know people defended him at the start and we had one of our mates who was like, he's shit straight away. And I went, he's been all right, but then... Just as time's gone on, his level of performance has been getting worse coming on shambolic. Yeah, and other options, obviously, Zuma still to come back. Um, Aguirre had a fantastic World Cup, so if he can reclaim that form, um, I think we'd all be pretty happy. Um, obviously, Obon is still there as well, um, still ticking over, but he's probably potentially in the last sort of six months of his time at West Ham as well, having had the extension through to this season after his injury last season. Um, then you've got Kera, And then there's Luis Al, who we have signed from um, Sao Paulo. I don't know much about him. Uh, yeah. I'm going to assume none of us do, uh, unless you're really into your South American football. Uh, he's played one game for in, um, for the, in the Premier League 2, as it's called. Um, so we'll see if he gets any potential squad time. What was the score? Uh I could try and find out. Let's have a look. One appearance. Oh, oh he only he only got he didn't even start. <laughs> Never a great start. Yeah, we won two one that game, but yeah, as you said, he didn't even start. He came on. Well to be fair, he came on and we conceded two minutes later. So So that's a good sign. <laughs> so yeah, not a positive. But yeah, I think yeah, I actually think we need a bit of I think I still stand by. We're not going down. I, I think there is three worse teams in the league than us. Yes, we need to improve. But I think I look at our squad and I think we're more likely to improve than a team like Everton or Bournemouth or Southampton. And that's the way I'm looking at it. Our numbers are better than them. I think we'll be fine. Might not be as good as we hoped, but let's be honest. If you'd said at the start of the season we came 13th but we won the Conference League, I think everyone would have taken that. Yeah. Because we'd have been in Europa League next season and yeah all right it might not have been as enjoyable season over the 11 months that we would have been playing but we'd have lifted the trophy something we haven't done in fucking ages and we're in the Europa League again three consecutive years in Europe yeah that's I think people will definitely be happy to take that um obviously there'll be more coming out over the next sort of week or two hopefully uh, about potential ins and outs but I mean we're almost already halfway through uh, the month so um things have got to start moving fairly quickly um but obviously we'll be like we'll talk more about that on next week's pod um we'll take a little break now and then we'll come back and preview saturday's huge game uh against wolves 
Okay, so Saturday, three o'clock, uh, a trip to Molyneux uh, to face one of just three teams that are currently below us in the league. Uh, obviously, you have had a new manager in this season as well, in Julian Lopetegui, uh, sort of coming in just before that World Cup break. Uh, probably improved things slightly, but still not exactly putting up trees. And we have already beaten them once this season, 2-0 at home, um, thanks to goals from Bowen and Skamaka's first goal in the Premier League. This is a big one, isn't it, really? I mean, I know we've mm-hmm. spoken about Everton being probably the bigger of the two, but this is just as big. Yeah, like, I think because they've brought in a new manager who I know we've beaten in the last 12 months. Um, uh, yeah, in the last 12 months. And yep. But he came in, he's solid in them up. Their defence is going to be okay. They're not going to play amazing, attractive football. They're not going to have him free twos every week. But they will be hard to break down. And that's ultimately what they're probably better at. Uh, so it won't be an easy game at all. Like, I don't think our record at Wolves away is overly fantastic bar the COVID game where we won 3-2. So, yeah, it's it's a tough game. I'll be honest, I'd love a win. But as long as we don't lose, I wouldn't be too disappointed. Yeah, so we lost 1-0 there last season. Um, season before, like you say, we won 3-2. Um, that was a bit of a mad game. It was what, that period when we kept streaking into leads and then just conceding goals afterwards. Um, and then that's like since they got promoted back into the league, that's the uh, only time we've won at their ground. Um, so, but we have won the last two games against them, keeping clean sheets in the process both times, 2-0 and 1-0. So hopefully that's a little bit, we'll go on the more recent history, um, and hope that that carries over. I was just looking at their results since, uh, since they've come back as well from the World Cup. So beat Everton 2-1 on Boxing Day. Obviously that was a very poor performance from Everton. Uh, lost 1-0 at home to Manu when they really frustrated Manu for a long period of that game and it was uh, it took Rashford coming off the bench to win it for them. Yeah. Drew 1-0 away at Villa, which again was a little bit of a better result. Got the 2-0 draw in the FA Cup last weekend and uh, went out to Nottingham Forest on penalties last night uh, with a bit of a rotated side as well. So they have had more minutes in their legs recently with... and they. So they did play, I mean, Saturday night was a little bit later than us, but we're not going to take that into account. But obviously, they played midweek as well. So hopefully, we come into this game a little bit more fresh than they are. Mm. Um, what do you, let's talk a bit about the game. So how do you think we line up potentially? Uh, and how do you see it going? I think it's going to be a typical Moist lineup, to be honest. Uh, yeah, so Fabianski in goal, I think it'll be Creswell left back, uh, Aguered centre back with probably Kerra. Um just with the links with Dawson, I don't think he'll play him. Right back Dawson starts and scores three own goals. <laughs> <laughs> mm, suspect. Um centre mids, I think he'll go back to Suchek and Rice and then Yay. Uh 
Bowen, Ben Rama, uh, Paqueta, and Skamaka. I think it'll be that team exactly. Um, I'll be shocked if it's anything bar that team, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, it would be nice if we could potentially, we've been saying it for ages, everyone's been saying it for ages, if we could have Paqueta play alongside Rice, uh, bring Lanzini or someone into the 10 and have a little bit more freedom like that. But I think at the same time, potentially this is the sort of game where you do want... Paqueta, we've seen he puts he gets stuck in, he puts his foot in, but maybe Suchek, a little bit more of an aerial presence as well. Um, they've got some big players. They're a physical side. Um so maybe it is the sort of game that you want him. But that being said, he's been fucking terrible uh, ever since we've come back from the World Cup break and before that as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out Zuma. I'm trying to figure out, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back. Yeah, it doesn't feel like... I don't think he's out for the season, but it just doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Like, vote for West Ham star Kurt Zuma. I think that was it regards to international football. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, no idea what is, is happening with him. Obviously, he had the surgery and it's gone a little bit quiet since. Um, so, well, I mean, we just hope that he's back as soon as possible and potentially there'll be another centre-half coming in on loan if Dawson does go out, um, which potentially looks more increasingly likely as time goes on. Um What's where do you think the key battles are in this game? Obviously, like if we look at the table again, um, they're what is it one point below us? They've conceded 27 but only scored 11. Um, so potentially a KG tight affair. Oh, big time! Like, I'm fully expecting this to be under two and a half goals, under one and a half, potentially. I think the odd goal might just win the game. Um, I don't think either team will want to go one nil down. You know how certain times you team can be a bit more expressive. It suits your game flow a bit more. I feel like if we go one nil down against this Wolf side, they'll just sit back, absorb so much pressure, and they'll be really hard to break down, especially with the way we're playing right now. So I do think the first goal. Is more key than usual because obviously the first goal is always important. Um, yeah, um, I think this will be a hard game, really hard. I think, I think if our attacking players play as well as they can, we win the game. I think we've got a higher ceiling, we are the better team than them, and we probably are more talented in most areas, but just right now, that's not. A, showing on the pitch so yeah it's funny with them i feel like their team sort of split in two so jose Sar, i think is a good keeper but the yeah. back four is bang average probably i think is fair to say um kilman and good collins as your two center halves i'm looking at their starting 11 for the villa game here there kilman and collins as their two center halves who i think are meh uh Samedo on the right and bueno on the left and I feel like that's a pretty average back four. Then when you get further up the pitch, Neves and Nunez as your two sort of mm. holding midfielders are good players. Matinho is a very Pass. good player, getting on a bit, but I still think he's got the class. He's just not got the legs necessarily anymore. Huang and Podence on the wings, I think, are good players. Mm. Um, not amazing, but good and will do a job and can cause problems for defences. 
Um, and then potentially the, the thing they're lacking at the moment is a, is a good striker, uh, a good like out-and-out striker because the two options are Costa and Jimenez. Um, Costa, a man who's come in and done nothing really in the league, and Jimenez, a man who is more injured than any other player in the world um, at any given time. So and, that's probably the thing they're missing. The other striker they signed literally got injured the first game he played, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they, they can cause you issues. Like I said, Podence and Huang are, are, are tricky and potentially dangerous players. They have got Aitnori as well. He um, And obviously Adama Traore, um, who were on the bench for that game and did come on. So it'll be interesting to see how they do line up. Um, but I think this is one we, if we lose this, we're in trouble, I think. Yeah, I think... This game feels more about a not lose than the Everton game, where the Everton game feels like a must win. I feel like if we yeah. get four points in these two games, that'll be fine in either order. As long as it's four points, I won't accept three because that means you've lost to a local rival. And yeah, I guess that's the way I see it at the moment. That's I've taken an away draw against Wolves if the memory beat Everton. But also if we if you beat Wolves, you go into the Everton game with a bit of confidence. And if you win that, you then probably pull yourself away from the relegation fight a bit. Like, you then can start yeah. looking a bit more up that table. Like, I'm going to have a little, quick look at the league table. If we won our two games, if we won our two games, with all going well, we could go up as high as 13th. Which, let's be honest, we'd take right now. So, yeah, it's... It's two massive, massive games because then after that, you've got Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham. I know Chelsea yeah. aren't the same team. Newcastle are fucking fantastic. And Tottenham are Tottenham. Spurs are Spurs, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of look at this game, need to get some sort of points on the board because you can't look at this game. We've picked up three points in our last five. And then you're really starting to go to, into Forest, Brighton, Villa games needing big points. And we never get points against Brighton. Yeah, I think that'll be the interesting one. A lovely bit of news this morning. Dalt Veghorst travelling to Man United to finalise his loan move. Brilliant. What a signing that is. A burning <laughs> sign for Man U. Oh, you love to see it. Um, so, I think we'll finish off with our predictions for this game. Uh, I've got mine written down, but I'll let you go first. I'm going to go one all. Uh, and I think the first goal scorer will be Skamaka. Just think he scored one. He might go on a bit of a run now. So, yeah, one I don't all. Know if you can see that, but that's <laughs> what I already had written down for myself. <laughs> I'm not copying you, I promise. Great minds think alike, eh? Um, yeah. We'll obviously get Dow's prediction uh, before the game as well. Um, it is a big one. We'll be back next week. Uh, after this game to hopefully discuss our fantastic victory. Uh, a comfortable win, but let's be honest, we'll probably all be hands in head wondering what went on. Um, and then we'll obviously talk about the Everton game that comes up next weekend. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget you can follow us on all of your regular social media platforms, um, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You'll be able to find us by searching Pretty Bowls Podcast. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell so you know whenever a new video goes live. And you can obviously find us on your regular podcast platforms as well, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, if fantasy football is your thing, come and listen to me on the Big at the Back podcast um, where things are coming thick and fast at the moment. I've just taken a minus eight for this weekend. I'm That's not even this, this weekend, morning. to be honest. 
I'm having it's, a uh, this year. So yeah, I'm having a really bad year. But this is where it turns around. We've got a big double game week coming up, so this is where the points can come thick and fast. Um, yes, but yeah, I've got. I've taken yeah. Robertson out, Cancelo out, Salah out, and Mitrovic out for Shaw, Stones, De Bruyne, and Kane. Yeah, that's that's huge. Like big. Why did you go Mitrovic? Like I know he's out this tonight, but. Uh, just so I could get Kane in. He's got double. Ah, okay, that makes sense, actually. Good point. Yeah, so it's, it's, the thing is, it's a pretty bad double week because all the teams have got other hard teams. So City play United and Spurs. Spurs play Arsenal and City. Man U play City and then Palace. And then Palace have got a yeah. double, which no one cares about. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Mm, interesting. Might have to steal some of your tactics there. <laughs> You're welcome. That's your free. Um, it's like you tried to talk me into getting Kane, and then you went, he's got these two teams, and I'm then like, I'm not sure I want him. He's got a really good record against Arsenal, though. I think it's like 14 yeah, goals in 16 games or something like that. that. Annoyingly, though, that was when Arsenal were bang average. Arsenal were actually really good now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting week, uh, fantasy-wise. Yeah. Um, anyway... We'll leave it there before we get too deep in the fantasy football world. Uh, like I say, if you want to find out all about the fantasy football stuff, check out the, pre- uh, the Big at the Back podcast. Um, in the meantime, have a good week, guys, and we will catch up next week. And that leaves us with one thing to say, and that is come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. <laughs>